What's going on? And welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. The Pelicans are back home finally for a four-game homestand starting tonight with the Orlando Magic after a tough loss against the Grizzlies last night and against the Nuggets on Sunday. The Pelicans looking to bounce back against Orlando. You can watch tonight's game on Bally Sports New Orleans, which is where you'll find Jen Hale, of course, sideline reporter for Bally Sports. That's not all she does, but for right now, we'll put that hat on her. And also, she's been hosting Undisputed this week on FS1. She's kind enough to join me for a few minutes here before tonight's ball game. Jen, hello. Good to talk to you. You're so busy. I appreciate a few moments with you today. How are you? I'm great. My pleasure, Daniel. Always love coming on with you. Absolutely. Well, take me behind the scenes of Undisputed. I mean, the to be wrangling Skip and Shannon on a, an hour-by-hour <laughs> base seems like a really tough job, but what, what kind of preparation goes into a show like that with one that's so early in the morning for you to have to start getting ready for that? But kind of for the viewers that you know, get to watch you every day on that show when you're filling in, kind of peel back the curtain a little bit of kind of the preparation that goes into hosting a show like that. Well, it is tough wrangling those two. They are very passionate about sports, that's for sure. So it takes a lot of homework to make sure I can keep up with them. Uh, their, their brains are like encyclopedias and Skip in particular, um, I equate him to an attorney doing closing arguments, the way he will build his case about whatever topic it is that we're debating. So um, I get an initial list of topics before I go to bed at night. And then I'm up early because obviously those will change overnight. Those will uh, morph, modify, depending on what happens with late games on the West Coast or breaking news in the morning. And uh, like the Aaron Rodgers stuff that broke during the show yesterday. So it, not only are you preparing for the actual topics, but also just the sports world in general, because you never know what's going to happen. Um, I, I have to say Skip and Shannon are unbelievable to work with. So many people ask me, are they nice? Do they hate each other? They are so nice. Skip in particular. Um, Shannon, you know, he's a he's from Georgia like you. He's, he's yep. a good old Southern boy like us. Um, <laughs> so I love him. I, I was curious what Skip would be like. And he's just fantastic. I love working with him. Um, they always bring up some, such interesting points. And the crew behind the scenes is phenomenal. Fox Sports 1 has really done an incredible job of gathering together researchers and statisticians and they, they, they provide us with everything we need when you talk about trying to wrangle those two ends obviously you're the one driving the car mm -hmm. when you're on that show how challenging sometimes is it to kind of go from topic to topic based on one of the topics that are very popular and people want to hear more from but you also have a whole list of things to get through how challenging can it be to get those <laughs> two to focus on one topic and then move on to another one because those those two like to talk as you mentioned Sometimes I feel like I'm attempting to drive the car, but they don't know that. <laughs> um, you know, you really learn to be assertive. You just have to jump in. And my job as moderator is not to take no for an answer. And when we need to move on, we have to move on. I mentioned the Aaron Rodgers news yesterday. That was a perfect example. They were right in the middle of hotly debating a, a, a different issue that they both felt very differently about. And we got the Aaron Rodgers news and, and you have to stop. You have to address that. You don't want to be 10 seconds late, you know, type of a thing. So um, it's helped me grow in my career as far as being more assertive, being more confident, because uh, they are two very strong personalities for sure. So you, you, you better be prepared and you better know your stuff if you're going to interrupt those two. Absolutely. Let's focus now on the Pelicans, um, a team that you've been covering for quite some time here in New Orleans. But this team kind of feels different. And of course, it's a different team than what we saw at the beginning of the season, a team that was one and 12, three and 16. 
I don't think their demeanor has changed based on just what Willie Green has done with the culture, but you just, the vibe in there, you can feel a little different post all-star break when you're on the road with this team um, throughout that. I mean, you were the one that talked with both CJ and BI about that dinner that, you know, everyone raved about how much that changed kind of the culture, but what's it been like covering this team in particular from the start of the season to now with the group of guys and under new head coach, Willie Green? Well, let me say at the start of the season, I said this then, and it's only gotten better. Um, this is my 10th season covering the Pelicans. We've had largely all good locker rooms. We really haven't had that many bad apples in a decade. We've had a lot of good guys come through. This is hands down the best locker room I've ever been around in 10 years with the Pelicans and in 11 years with the NFL on Fox. Uh, and CJ has only taken that to a whole other level. And to me, he's injected a, a, a positive, a good confidence and swagger into this squad. Um, B.I. is developing into an amazing leader. He's a choir leader who, who does his leadership more by example or one-on-one. -on -one. CJ's a more vocal guy who jumps in there. He's been there. He's done that. He's had postseason success. So his voice carries a lot of weight. And I think it this squad is hungry to be great, starving, as uh, an op opposing player described it the other night. Um, and I think they see CJ as, as a fabulous way to help map that out, how to get to that success from a player's perspective. So we talk about CJ and BI being those leaders, but we have to start the conversation with Willie Green as well with the tone that he said early on. We get to go watch practice a lot. And, you know, what we see in practice is what we see, you know, out there on the court as far as the togetherness that you mentioned. Um, Willie Green, kind of a quiet guy in nature, but is not afraid to speak up in practice. He sees his team kind of needs that little giddy up um, to get going here. What have you seen from him? Obviously, you get to talk to him before every game at practices, but just his demeanor and kind of the approach he takes with these players. I think that's how this locker room, the tone has been set from the beginning of the season, wouldn't you say? Uh, I think you nailed it, Daniel. Absolutely. Uh, in the NBA in particular, I think it's very hard to be a quote unquote players coach and still maintain control of your team. And Willie has done it practically flawlessly, which is impressive for a coach at any point, but to be a first year coach and have found how to struck that balance. Uh, I, I think it is really remarkable. I've, I've covered so many teams where either the coaches so my way or the highway, he loses the locker room, or he's such a, a player's coach, he loses the locker room in another way. And Willie has found a way to, to hit it right down the middle. His players have tremendous respect for him, but they'll also run through a wall for him, and they have trust in him. They play for him. Um, one thing that impressed me about Willie, uh, somebody described it the other day, and I said, you know, you're 100% right. I love that analogy. If you watch the game on television with the sound off and no scoreboard, you would not know from Willie's demeanor if the team was winning or losing. Right. Because he's just so stoic. And I think that, not that he can't get upset and passionate when he needs to, but he reserves it for just the right opportunity. So that consistency, that infuses a squad with confidence as well. Because when you had the start the Pelicans had this year, it would be real easy to say, oh, we're looking for future seasons. This season's a wash. It's no good. And he never let them get there. And, and now look at the dividends that's paying. Absolutely. And another person I want to focus on just because of how great of a season he's had is Herbert Jones. And look, I'm sure you talk to him. It's the same <laughs> with us. Kind of that old soul, just very quiet, kind of to himself, just kind of wants to get his work in. He stays in 
you know, after for a long time shooting with Fred, he's one of the first guys in. What's it been like with Herb, not only his, his off-the-court demeanor, but just seeing him play, the not on Herb, the defense that he's able to play. I mean, that guy was number 35 overall in the draft in the second round, and I think people are like, how the heck did he fall to number 35? Great for the Pelicans, but boy, has he been fun to watch this season. Thank goodness he fell that far, right? Exactly. He's just been an amazing surprise. Um, his defense is phenomenal, and his offense is I would describe Herb as having a quiet confidence. He's not a guy that um, he, he's he's very friendly. Don't get me wrong. He's not um, he's not so shy and to himself that you feel like you don't know him. But he isn't somebody that needs constant attention and accolades either. And and I wonder. I think that's probably twofold. Being a coach's son, growing up in a small town, um, the confidence that instilled in him, and then also four years. You know, he was a four-year college player, and I, I think you can really many many times see a difference in those four-year players versus those one and done. Just, I mean, I know for myself. Gosh, I did so much growing up in my four years of undergrad. Uh, I, I think Herb has really benefited from that, and it has set the table for him to take a big jump and have immediate success in the NBA and handle it well, because sometimes that immediate success can derail careers. Absolutely. You know, we talked about how this team started and look where this team is now heading into tonight's ball game, a game and a half ahead of the Blazers, just two games back in the loss come to Los Angeles. I don't think anyone saw this coming as far as us being in a playoff push with just 16 games to go after tonight. But I mean, Jen, you covered this team for 10 years. This is my 11th season, and we haven't had a lot of playoff chases, honestly, in these 10 years. But how fun has it been, even in just a short amount of time post-All-Star break, seeing how the way the Pelicans have come out? I know these last two losses have been tough, but just scoreboard watching every night, looking at the standings, this team being in the playoff race, it just it just seems so fun right now to watch this team and just be a part of it. Exactly, exactly. And the fans feel that way, too. The fan engagement that just I've gotten since all-star has been amazing and guys don't let up <laughs> keep, keep going, keep coming because the players, the coaches, the whole organization feels that type of support. Um, and how much better Daniel does it make it that the team right in front of us is the Lakers and that they're struggling. I mean, there are so many storylines from Anthony Davis going there to BI coming over in that trade. It's just interlaced with drama. And, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, LeBron has that lingering left knee soreness now. I'm curious to see if he plays tonight in Houston versus the Rockets. Uh, I think this, this Orlando game, one, I want to see how the Pelicans respond to that loss. Willie Green said post game that, uh, you know, this is not one we're going to flush. We need to remember how we played and not let it happen again. So, do they accomplish that, number one? And then number two, if they can get a win and the Lakers lose to the Rockets, things are starting to really get spicy now. Yeah, are, are these some of the games you, I'm glad you mentioned tonight with Orlando, these might be the games that are more important than the ones against the really good teams because these are games that in the past have been ones that the Pelicans may have overlooked and kind of gone into this game thinking, we got this, no need to really, we can relax a little bit. But in this playoff race, when you're trying to chase the Lakers and keep the Blazers and the Spurs in the rearview mirror, Games like tonight, games like Friday in Charlotte or versus Charlotte and then Houston Sunday, very winnable games. But I think these can kind of maybe tell the story of this, how this Pelicans team is based on these games against these, I wouldn't say lesser opponents, but teams under 500. You have to win against the teams you're supposed to beat. And it might not be sexy. It might not be glamorous as coming out and knocking off a Utah Jazz squad. Um, but it's, it's the basics, right? 
you're not going to get to where you need to go if you don't take care of the little things and defeating those quote unquote lesser opponents. It's the NBA. Every team is incredibly talented and every team can have nights where they click. Um, but for sake of argument, lesser opponents, if you don't take care of those games, that's when you miss the postseason and you're sitting back at home and going, man, if there had just been 2% more effort this night and this night, we would still be playing right now. And it's amazing to think out of an 82 game schedule, it can come down to just one or two contests, but it is so true, especially for the Pelicans when you're either on the outside looking in or on the inside, but just barely that margin is so razor thin. Absolutely. Before I let you go with, with 17 games left heading into tonight's ball game and the team in the playoff push, what's going to be the biggest team uh, key for them to get over that hump? What are you, whether it's, offensive side of the ball, whether it's defense, whether it's an individual like CJ or BI, is there something in particular that you think will be the key for them in order to get into that plane and try to make that playoff push? They have to keep their defensive intensity up. You know, Daniel, uh, coming out of the all-star break when the Pelicans won those four in a row, they had the number one defense in the end. Last night, that defense got dismantled. It got exposed. Uh, the Grizzlies were able to find ways to get out on a fast break and really exploit weaknesses. So you got to get stops. I think the scoring with CJ and BI and to some extent, Jonas Valanciunas, it's going to be there, but defense is about energy, effort, and want to, they've got to keep that passion and want to, to play solid defense and bring it every night. I completely agree. The defense will be the factor and hopefully it starts tonight against the Orlando magic. That's where you'll find Jen Hale tonight inside the smoothie center on Valley sports norms, along with Joel Myers and Antonio Daniels, always a much swatch with those three on the call. Jen, I really appreciate the time. I know you're super busy and I'll see you in the arena in a few hours. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Daniel. And there she goes. That's Jen Hale, Valley Sports New Orleans sideline reporter again. Hopefully you're at the arena tonight, but if you're not, make sure you watch with Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, and Jen Hale. They put on a one heck of a show, by far the best team in the NBA. I'm not being biased. They really do a good job there on Valley Sports New Orleans. You can also listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. The squad is back. Todd Graffnini, John DeShazer, Aaron Summers on the call tonight. I'll have Pelicans warm up for you at 6.30. A four-game homestand, plenty of time to get out there, bring your friends, bring your family. Um, this is a very important four-game homestand for the Pelicans. It starts with the Magic tonight, then the Charlotte Hornets on Friday. This is the first meeting between these two teams this season. On Sunday, another matinee affair. I shouldn't say matinee, 6 p.m. start against the Houston Rockets, and they'll wrap things up next Tuesday against the Phoenix Suns. We'll have another podcast for you on Friday. Michael Pina, who writes for Sports Illustrated, covering the NBA, wrote a great piece last week on the Pelicans and their resurgence here and making the playoff push. We'll talk to him on Friday about this Pelican squad. Hope everyone has a great rest of the day. We'll see you at the arena. We'll talk to you from the Smoothie King Center. Until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.